Welcome to Sharing Social, the monthly show that connects the people behind the hashtags with content, with ideas and insights. Hi, I'm Ian. And I'm Becca. Welcome to episode four already. It's our penultimate episode for our very first series of Sharing Social podcast. It started out as an in-person meeting, moved to online when lockdown began, and now our monthly podcast. Each show will be talking all things social media, like video, personal branding, Facebook ads, influencer marketing, TikTok, the list goes on, but there's plenty of news, plenty of knowledge, and heaps of inspiration. So welcome to episode four, and today we're talking about how to increase engagement with organic social media. Let's start with a great question right from the beginning. Becca, what is social media engagement? Social media engagement is how people are interacting with your content. So I always think of it as a way to be able to tell how relevant your content is with your target audience. If it's resonating with them, then it's a good sign that it's valuable. And then you'll start to see things come in like likes, comments, saves, clicks, all of the different metrics you will have seen on the social media platforms. Um, you mentioned a few of the kind of engagements that uh, social media posts would get. What's the most valuable engagement though? What should we be looking out for? Is it a simple like or is it more than that? So it definitely depends on what channel that you're working with. But I would say if there's a metric, so if we take Instagram as an example, Instagram have saves. So this might not be immediately obvious, but actually saves are very, very valuable for you when you're putting together your strategy because they're going to tell you what posts people are saving for later. So when we think of social media and how um, short the shelf life is for content, saves are an indication that, okay, this this audience has found the content so valuable that they want to come back to it later. So as I said, like that's an example on Instagram. TikTok have um, very similar as well. So you can save directly to your phone. So you can actually download the TikTok or you can favorite them. Um, and I think metrics like these are always going to hold a higher uh, weighting than just, say, a like. Okay. Now, the other platforms like Facebook have similar function as well. You can save posts, you can save videos that you've seen. Um, and that, that, that will come on to this in a minute, but that can be reported as well. That information is, is known to you as the poster? Yeah, so usually you'll be able to see um, when you kind of do... A deep dive into your analytics you will be able to look at what posts have got your kind of vanity metrics so the likes and comments and how many followers etc but then you can usually click on each of your posts and get that more detailed information about the number of saves does twitter have a similar kind of engagement so twitter have you seen the bookmarking feature Yes. It's a little bit hidden away it sometimes. Is. I'm trying to find it now as we're, as we're recording. <laughs> Where is that feature? Because I can't see it. I know. They've moved it around recently, but that's really helpful. Um, lots of people in the past would just, you know, you'd kind of have to like a tweet and then go back through your own likes. Or I used to sometimes direct message myself to bookmark tweets. Um, but now... Obviously, the bookmark feature, although slightly hidden, is a good way to be able to save the tweets that you want to come back to later. Yes, I can see now it's in it, within the Twitter app that I'm using. Um, it's within the share function. So when you want to share the tweet and then when you scroll along you know, past Snap Camera and WhatsApp, bookmark is finally there. Um, it's interesting because the save feature, it 
that it sounds like what you're saying, Becca, is actually a really important way to measure the effectiveness of content, right? So effective that, uh, or so engaging, I say that that users want to come back to it later when they've got when they've got time rather than continue to scroll. And yet there it is in Twitter as the most hidden feature. <laughs> I don't know if it moves along. I think maybe the more you use it, but I might have just invented that. But I'm sure if you, <laughs> if you use it, it does become more accessible. But yeah, I think it's always, it's, it's good because like I say, we're so um, used to just scrolling and not really looking at content for more than a few seconds. So if you've got a piece of content that you've noticed like I say, like an Instagram post, which is getting a lot of saves, you know that you've hit on something that's, um, you know, you can replicate that to continue to get that engagement in future. So likes, comments, saves and clicks, all great metrics to look at in order to measure social media engagement. Um, Why is having an engaged audience on social media so important? So... I think it comes down to what your um, goals are and your objectives. So whenever we're putting together a strategy, it starts with what are the marketing goals? And, you know, that could be brand awareness, that could be increasing website traffic, uh, that could be increasing the number of conversions. And having an engaged audience is so important because that's going to be the stepping stone to any of these goals. You won't be able to achieve them unless you've got that engaged audience. So, you know, if you're working towards brand awareness, it's you've got to tell people that you exist. You've got to let them know that you're there and what your what your niche is. Um, same for if you're trying to get traffic. What can you offer? And why should they, you know, if you think about even influencers have to work towards this because they've got to build that relationship and that engagement with their audience to make sure that people are swiping up, people are subscribing to their newsletter or, you know, listening to their podcast. You have to have that engaged audience to achieve any of your goals. Um, what would you say is the, the most important thing in terms of maintaining engagement? Um, is it the frequency of your posts? Is it the type of posts that tend to help to do that? Uh, or are there other ways that help to maintain engagement with your with your audience? I think a lot of it comes down to being consistent. So you've got to... Uh, be consistent in the sense that your audience know when you're going to show up. So even if that's just once a week, become known for, okay, every Monday I can expect to post on this. Um, obviously, a lot of brands and uh, influencers as well will post a lot more frequently than that. But it's just about having that consistent presence um, and tailoring it to your niche. So as well, I would always say, like, don't be too broad with the content that you're posting because your audience are there for one thing. They want you to like do the thing that you're best at. So if you're say um, a brand uh, selling like daily planners, they're not going to want to suddenly see something about, I don't know, plants. Um, so you've got to stick to your niche. And the other important thing as well is to engage back with your audience so when you start getting people commenting or liking or following you, it's really important to reply to your comments, you know, see if those people that are following you are people you might want to follow back. Don't just do a blanket follow back campaign. Of course not. But, you know, make connections because that's what social media is all about. It's about making those connections with people um, and you might be able to collaborate with them even in future. 
I think that uh, that's got to be key, really. Um, using social media as a broadcast tool is is fine, but actually, as a as a more conversational, where it's you know a dialogue, it's it's backwards and forwards. It's not just one way. Uh, it's got to be so important in terms of maintaining engagement. Um, you know, asking questions of others, brands commenting on others' posts. Um, replying to, to comments uh, from users on your own posts all all those kind of engagement uh, real life real engagement must be crucial to maintaining uh, you know a, a audience interest okay let's let's look at measurement so you've already mentioned Becca about comment saves likes clicks uh, we've, we've discussed you know bookmarking as well um, but in terms of measuring the results and, and understanding what is a good return on all that time and money invested into managing social media, what should we be, what should we be looking at? So when, as I said, goals are so important. And when you set these goals, it's important that you're measuring the right thing. So don't fall into the trap of just focusing on the vanity metrics being like, oh, look, I got this many followers or this many likes. You can go deeper than that. Now, Measuring the return on investment can be challenging because due to the nature of social media and where it fits in usually in the kind of uh, customer journey, it's usually quite high up. And also people, it's not it's not a linear journey. So you have to bear that in mind. And I had a stat actually that 84% of outbound sharing is done through dark social. So you know, that means you can't you can't track. That's you don't have access to that information, you don't know how it's been shared. However, what's dark social quickly? Dark social. So say you read um, an article and then you shared it through WhatsApp. So, you know, there's that's once it's in WhatsApp, it's dark. Or same if you had an Instagram post and you shared it via direct message to another Instagram user, the person who posted will be able to say, okay, this has been shared this many times but they don't know where to. And also once it's in that other person's inbox, from there onwards, we don't know what's going to happen to that piece of content. I see. So social media engagements that uh, just cannot be measured or tracked. Yeah. Um, not not just putting Twitter on dark mode then. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, great. So it's 84% outbound sharing is done through dark social, you were saying? Yeah. So bearing that in mind... There are some tips that you can follow which will help you track where you can track. Um, So let's take brand awareness as an example. So, you know, we are going to look at the number of followers you've gained during that campaign. And it is important to consider the number of shares, likes and comments because that's going to give you an indication of um, kind of the first step. And as we've spoken about, you need to be engaging back during the campaign but also it's important to look at say the social share of voice so how much of the conversation your brand or your account uh, is is taking up across social media you also want to look at the sentiment so let's say on twitter um, if your brand name was trending is it trending because of a good thing or is it trending because of a bad thing so that's super important and then click-through rate and the share of traffic driven. So these two are what I care about a lot and what I really find very interesting. So the click-through rate, if you're sharing a link 
obviously this isn't always possible um but let's use linkedin as an example so you might have included a link to a blog post there how many people are clicking through to that article that you've written and then once you're in google analytics on your website for your website what's the share of traffic so how many people are coming from your social media platforms to your website or where else are they coming from there are some more technical slash fancy ways to track you know how people have got a hold of some of your original content and that's through things called utm links do you want to have a do you want to have a bash at explaining a utm link and how, <laughs> how they can be used effectively so whenever you're sharing a link on social media use a utm link and what this is is where you have your original link and then you're going to add on tracking information. So you can get to, uh, include the name of the campaign, the platform that you're sharing it on. You can give it specific terms to help you identify what it's in relation to. So this could be um, like a, a topic within that campaign. And what that's going to do is when you share that link, it's going to keep hold of all of that information so that when you're in Google Analytics, you can basically process the results in a way and you can see, okay, that topic that I was writing about, how much social media or how much traffic has that brought in from social media or which one of my social media campaigns has been most successful and also where have they gone? So people who have arrived on the site from social media, what is the next step once they're on your website? Do they convert? Do they bounce away? Do they click around your website or not? It's really, really helpful in understanding the customer journey. Yeah, absolutely is. And I think people, you know, and our listeners would have spotted things like UTM links um, when clicking on the, the share button on various websites or magazine sites. Um, or in particular on when it's when you go to email the link to a friend, you, you look at the link and it's like, what's all that random letters after what I thought was quite a simple URL? And that's the UTM link right there. That's the way they're saying and being able to track that when you send this to a friend who then clicks on it, they've done so because you shared it from this page and you've gone to say, to say they've come through via an email link. And that's really important. So. Um, certainly speak to your web development guys and anyone that's looking after your site from an analytics point of view to be able to provide you with UTM links uh, so that you can put them and add them to to how you're helping your um, followers um, link and share content. What's next? So coming up next, we have an interview with Lucy McVeigh, who is a social media strategist and manager at LMV Social. Welcome, Lucy. You are a social media strategist and manager at LMV Social. Thank you for coming on the show today. Do you want to give us a little bit of background into kind of what your role is, where you work and what your day to day looks like? Well, thank you for having me. It's actually my first ever podcast. Um, so I've been working in social media for three and a half years now. Um, I retrained with Digital Mums. Uh, back in 2017 um, and I specialize in social media management and strategy for small businesses uh, okay. because they typically people who don't have a lot of time to spend on social media and they need somebody to come in with a fresh pair of eyes and say right this is what you need to do and you need to do this whether or not they go off them with their the strategy I prepared or um, I run it for them yeah I like that and so you find 
when you've produced a strategy for someone, it's quite nice actually being able to see it through and being able to manage it and being like, look, yep, here's it. It's coming into fruition. Yes, it's it's quite satisfying when like when you've when you prepared one thing, it followed step by step and using the the correct advice or just using all the advice that I've provided. Yeah. I think that's so good, isn't it? When you have a client who is actually on board to do that. I know sometimes people are like, oh yeah, but what about this? It's like, well, like let's stick to the strategy because then that's gonna kind of get the results that you want. Um, okay, so today we're going to be talking about building an engaged audience. So do you have any sort of key ingredients that you would um, kind of look at in your strategy to make sure that your clients are in a good place to get that engaged uh, social media following? Really, I mean, the number one number one ingredient is that you have to be consistent. Yeah. Um, there's no point in posting once every two weeks or whatever, um, and expecting people to, to follow you or engage with what you post. You need to show up every day, basically, and so people will know to expect you, know where to find you. Yeah. Otherwise, they're just not going to, they're going to forget about you. They're not going to look for your profile or look for your services. And how do you find, because I know, you know, we've already touched on clients, maybe they've not got enough time, and that's why they've come kind of looking for a strategy to begin with. But posting consistently feels like quite a daunting challenge like have you got any tips to to be consistent I guess I mean the, the best tip would be to initially or then maybe once a month is just to spend a day take a day out have a bit of a brainstorm and think about what services you've got um, maybe new services new products that you've got coming out and just plan the content around that plan and schedule so if you use a scheduler then you can set it all up in say one day like at a week's worth of content planned in a day and then it's gone to go out you don't need to think about it too much and if you instead of like trying to do it daily it just just takes some time out to sit down and focus purely on that yeah I think that's such a good um piece of advice actually sometimes it feels like oh I've got to take a whole day to kind of take stock and that's a lot of time but it can really pay off can't it over the over the month I mean, I'll admit, um, I still do that myself. So occasionally I'll have a day when I thought oh, I haven't got, haven't got a post to go out to today because yeah. <laughs> sometimes you focus on other things. Yeah. Even happens to the professionals. I, I can relate. <laughs> Definitely relate. Um, so when you're working with clients and they're asking you, okay, yeah, we want more followers or we need a better, uh, more engaged audience. How do you sort of work with that and are there any particular metrics that are your go-to to help measure the engagement of the audience um well an increase in followers is always good I mean it always looks good um but it's when people actually engage with the when the with the post like they will ask a question or they will make a comment and that's the kind of metric that you really need to be striving for because uh, it's so easy just to, to like a post and then move on yeah people take the time to read what you've written um and actually make comment about it or ask you a question then that's when you know things are working I think that's um a good indication isn't it that your audience are finding your content valuable you know if they're yeah. taking the time to read it um or watch you know whatever type of content as well it could be a um a video or like IGTV I'm thinking of something like that if they're then commenting back or asking a question, it's like, yeah, 
I've, I've done my job, you know, I've got them hooked in rather than just, I feel like, um, and, you know, I know Instagram are playing around at the moment with displaying. Under the posts now, they're going to give, or at least they're testing, giving users the option to either have that displayed or not. And I think it ties into exactly what you're saying. You know, a like is so easy to do, which is great, but also sometimes that can make it just worthless, you know? Yes, it's, it's uh, likes and huge follower numbers are often seen as uh, vanity metrics. Mm. So people say, oh, yes. I'd like to have 10,000 followers, but if you've got that many followers and only five people are commenting on your post, then what's the point? Yeah, something's not working. <laughs> not an engaged following. No. Um, okay, and so when you're focusing on um, publishing content, how much time... So I guess this is a question with your social media manager hat on. Okay, you've got a post going out, let's say 4 p.m., what would be your normal approach? Would you go on to, if it was an Instagram post, would you go on a little bit before and start engaging with your audience to kind of get a little bit of buzz ready for when the post comes out? Or would you post it and then, well, hopefully then, you know, you've got people liking it and commenting it and kind of engage then? Because I think that's always the thing. You know that you've got to be present on the platform around the time you post but it's like oh before after like a bit of both yeah I'd say um probably after I mean there's always you should always spend time engaging in between posts anyway um but I think when you put a post up that's the ideal ideal time to then go and engage with other accounts yeah so as I say don't post and ghost don't post so, I love that yeah <laughs> Uh, don't put up don't put up a post and just completely disappear yeah anything else um but that I mean obviously while I said you should be consistent um doesn't necessarily mean you need to post your feed every single day so if you're doing mm. stories or something like that you're keeping your account um you're keeping your account visible and a lot of time stories get a lot more engagement than feed posts do anyway so you just take the time in between posting just sit down spend half an hour engaging with other accounts yeah I think that's a really good point as well that you make there about stories getting engagement and being a nice bridge between your posts actually because mm-hmm. I, I feel like when you go into the app on Instagram let's say you kind of you're either it depends what mood you're in right sometimes you're in the mood to just sit through some stories and just let it kind of wash over you yeah. and sometimes it's like scrolling time like I want to kind of go through the the normal posts, should we say, the traditional post style. Okay, so I have um, a question for you about, we've talked a lot about being consistent and how that's often a big challenge for some of your clients, but what's one of the biggest challenge that you face when keeping your audience engaged? I guess it's probably the same as anybody. It's coming up with uh, new ideas. Yeah, it can be a struggle to think about something new and engaging. So what, I mean, what I would really suggest is that Point is just to again take some time out if you're like you were creating a content plan yeah take some time out to think about what kind of questions do I usually get asked about yeah. the services sometimes people just like to see a bit of behind the scenes definitely oh I'm so glad you said that actually I think behind the scenes content is forgotten about sometimes and actually it's so interesting I don't think it even matters if like the account that you're sort of watching is in the same industry it's just really 
interesting to see what's going on, like how do they do this or what does their day-to-day look like, especially while we're all sort of working from home still. I, I think that's been quite interesting actually, like, oh, what's their setup or how are they managing to do something that maybe perhaps was traditionally done, you know, how we're recording this podcast right now over Zoom. I think before lockdown, maybe people would think, oh, do I need to hire like a studio space? Or And it's like, no, we can, we can do it over Zoom, you know, there's ways around it. So behind the scenes content, very glad that you said that one. Lockdown, I think, has been a great leveller in many respects because it's like you see people being interviewed on the BBC they've got their child coming in and asking for biscuits it's like, yeah. it's like they might be the, at the highest rank in their profession but they're still a parent yeah and that people are relating to that so they, they like to know what's going on behind the scenes and that that we are still all human it's like it might look really flashy and perfect but then in your stories you can do something a bit more a bit more relaxed yeah this is what my daily life actually looks like. Yeah, it's so true. And I, I think that's a really nice point as well. It doesn't matter how polished an account can look. There's always a human behind the, the account, you know, working away. And I think that's, you can use that to your advantage, you know, even if you're a brand account, showing the team behind it is only going to get people more engaged with you, isn't it? And, and you know, get their buy-in and build trust with them. Mm-hmm which is often, you know, a big part of, uh, like, you know, people's business goals. Like, I need to build trust with my with my audience to get more sales and what have you. So I think that's a really good point. So when you're working with clients, sometimes do they, I imagine one of their challenges is that they've got content or they've produced some content, but it's how to make it go further and how to, you know, make the best use of your time. Is there a way that you can, that you'd recommend kind of, getting around that and saying to them, yeah, you can do this. There are, yeah, there are loads of different ways you can do that because um, you can certainly repurpose old content. Like if you have a blog post, you can cut that down into smaller bite-sized chunks. Yeah. Post on Instagram or if you've done a podcast, you can take sound bites out of that. Yeah. Um, even the same as if you've done a video, you can strip the audio and use that as sound bites. There are so many possibilities when it comes to repurposing content I had a I wrote a blog last year I think which I just uh, repurposed into a into a free download that's a good idea yeah I love I think people forget don't they that there's different elements to it sometimes it feels like once you've posted something okay it's out there I've I've spoken about it I don't want to you know I don't know so like you don't want to talk about it again but actually the chances are a lot of your audience because of the algorithm won't have seen it that first time around I do it all the time on Instagram. It's like if I'm sharing a social media tip, I might use generally the same wording, but then mm-hmm. using a different image can make it a whole whole new post. And as you said, you'll have by that point you'll have you might hopefully have new followers by then yeah. who won't have seen it before. So it's a new audience to engage with it. Yeah. And I love the idea as well about, you know, taking a long piece of content, like whether it's a blog post or a video. That's so often overlooked as well, because like, yeah, I've written a blog post. Yeah, I've said I've got a new blog post, but actually, okay, well, yeah, let's break it down, you know, and you can get five, six pieces of content sometimes out of that, which goes a long, long way. If I said to you, how do you know when it comes to that time 
like at the end of the month, say, when you're looking at the last month, how do you decide if something isn't working? So a piece of content that's just not resonating with your audience, is that? I guess if it's just not getting any interaction whatsoever, then you think there's no point in trying to do this again. Just think, what can I, is there a different direction I can go in? Yeah, if nobody's commenting, nobody's even liking it, then there's just no point in forcing it. There's no point, is there? Because I know, and I feel like this ties in sometimes when people feel like they need to be consistent of having like filler posts. It's like, well, I I guess you want to make your like grid look pretty and have, I know, you know, I've definitely experienced this before actually with the sharing social account because I've, I've stuck to like a checkerboard effect, but actually it's not all about that. It's about making sure that the, the actual kind of message behind the content is is good if it's not I've, yeah, I've, I've done that before myself because I've, there's so much my brand color is yellow and there's so much yellow on my instagram I just think i need to stick in a non-yellow post just yeah. to break it up a little bit um but then you look at it and think i mean is it so quite obviously just a filler post which serves absolutely no purpose other than just to break up the feed a bit and i think there's no point it's not going to serve any purpose and you don't need to post your feed daily you're just posting to stories you can keep people engaged definitely okay well I have um final few questions for you um we ask everyone this and I like it because I think it gets people to uh to have a little think and some some people kind of feel the cringe but do you remember what your first tweet was I don't actually (laughs) um I I had a Twitter account probably for about four years before I actually started using it. Um, I mean, I signed up because I thought, oh, everybody's on Twitter. I should get onto Twitter. My other half uses it all the time. But yeah. I was more of an Instagram, Facebook girl. Um, but it was only when I started doing, probably when I started doing my training with Digital Moms that I actually properly started using it. Um, and then that was because I set up a, I was using it for my campaign. So for right. months, you need to run a campaign. And that's you basically learn while running the campaign. Um, yeah. But no, I can't believe my first tweet was. I didn't. I was just sat sad at leg for a few years. I think we're all similar. I had a Twitter account before the one I have now, and I would. I actually think I. I think I deleted. I hope I deleted it to be honest, because probably <laughs> some of the stuff I used to tweet about that was not social media kind of related probably sat there watching. I don't know, terrible TV or something. <laughs> uh, um, and finally, do you have any kind of notable social media s- stories to share? Have you ever kind of had a post um, go viral or any like major success stories with a client that you've worked with? Um, I had this, this one post um, on no client's account. It was um, this client dealt with their dog products, like toiletries and things like that. And I shared this post about yellow ribbons and if you tie a yellow ribbon to the collar of a dog that shouldn't be approached right like if the dog gets nervous by people or by other dogs or the dog can be has a tendency to be aggressive maybe or something then they see this yellow ribbon and they know to keep keep their dogs away from it and it just kept going it just kept going and going and going being retweeted and I've never experienced anything like it before it was absolutely amazing that's a really lovely story I feel like I've I I know about this but I don't so maybe maybe I've seen the tweet 
I had one myself last year. Um, I just made a complete throwaway tweet about Hotmail because I saw it was trending. I thought oh, I've had the same Hotmail address since 1999. Um, not many people could say that. No. Because <laughs> um, I ju- literally just used my name on it and I didn't make up some weird nickname that would be embarrassing now. Um, and it got it got about 1,500 likes. Whoa. It wasn't anything that I planned. It was just, just like, yeah. oh, trending. I'm just going to tweet this and that was it. <laughs> Sometimes that's the best way, though, isn't it? If you have spot the trend, be spontaneous, yeah. and just go with it, and it can really pay off. So it certainly wasn't viral or anything, but it was, it was definitely my best performing tweet. That's still pretty impressive. I, I think I once tweeted about eating biscuits during a Twitter chat or something, and that took off. Not not as much as your Hotmail one, though, but I was like, oh, yeah, like, talk about biscuits. People love that. <laughs> giving the people what they want yeah (laughs) well that is all of our i think we've covered everything today so thank you so much for coming on the show you've had your first podcast experience now um and it's very very good where last thing where can people find you on social media uh they can find me on instagram twitter facebook sort of on pinterest i'm trying to (laughs) get that one under my belt uh and linkedin and what's your uh handle is it the same across all of them or it's lucy mcveigh on linkedin but it's lmv social everywhere else perfect you can find that in the uh podcast description and i'll link uh, to all of lucy's accounts but yeah thank you so much for coming on today thank you becca lovely to speak to you and you Thanks, Becca. Every episode, we have a look at what's happened between our last podcast and this in social media. Becca. So first of all, LinkedIn have added some new profile features, including video cover stories and creator mode. So video cover stories, we're all familiar with that ring that appears around profile pictures on Instagram, Twitter, usually when there's a story and this means that you can upload a story so that when people visit your profile for the first time you can give a short uh, summary of who you are and what your interests are and what you're working towards. Creator mode also allows you the option to feature articles and content that you've written more prominently on your profile. Instagram have also launched a new remix option for Instagram reels. So this is where uh, a reel you can add on your own portion. So the screen will split in half and you'll see the original in your new video. It's almost an exact copy of TikTok's duet feature. And this is part of um, Instagram offering TikTok stars contracts to produce exclusive content on Instagram. So we'll see how that affects uh, content coming through onto Instagram over the next few months. Finally, TikTok has launched a new video editor to help brands create native looking ads. So this is going to make your process of making ads much more streamlined. You can use popular music, fonts, colors, and give your creative that native look and feel, which is so important for successful ads. Um, It also allows you to layer on the TikTok UI so you can make sure that any of your call to actions or text are not covered up by the interface. And if you're importing content in, you can easily resize it so that it's suitable for TikTok. Now, Becca, you are a resident TikTok expert. Is this new video editor just amazing? It's, it's good. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's going to make a huge difference for people who are looking to create content because at the moment, TikTok 
Uh, TikTok's best editing features are on mobile, which is great, but many people you know, would prefer to work on their laptop or they're creating right, huge yeah, batches absolutely. of content. So this is going to make it so much easier. I'm sure. I'm surprised that so many people have stuck with using a mobile interface to create videos. Um, so, you know, fair enough, but uh, great. Thank you very much for uh, for that news and for the updates. Now, uh, also a, a, a static um, part of every sharing social episode is our three fun stats. And this is where I'm going to quiz Becca a little bit because Becca doesn't know what our stats are going to be. So I'll get to ask all interesting questions and, and see, what, uh, see what she thinks. So today, three fun stats. This is all around social media engagements. And in particular, I'm going to look at uh, Twitter and Instagram and YouTube. And let's start with Twitter. So interestingly, I've got a list here of the most liked, the top 10 most liked tweets of all time. And you'd be surprised that 50% of those, so five, are by uh, American politicians. Uh, in particular, two from Barack Obama. So he features twice in a top 10. Um, two from Joe Biden and one from Kamala Harris. Let's pick out, well, in fact, you decide. Out of those three, give me give me one and we'll, we'll focus in on them. Um, let's go for a Joe Biden one. Joe Biden, okay. So Joe Biden, he appears in the top three. In fact, he's third, the third most liked tweets. Two big questions. I'm not going to ask you what he tweeted. <laughs> and that would be super amazing if you did know that. Um, <laughs> But this was uh, the tweet, it's a new day in America. Very recently, January the 20th of this year, 2021. Guess how many likes in millions that got? Likes in millions. Um, 43? 43 million likes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a tad too many. It's a tad, tad too many. many. Okay, I'm not very good with big numbers. Um... Okay, 10. 10. Uh, you give him a lot of credit. And fair enough. Clearly, you're a fan. 4.1 million. 4.1 million likes that tweet got. Um, and se uh, second only to, to Barack Obama, 4.2 million. No one is born hating another person because of the color of the skin or his background or his religion. 4.2 million likes and well deserved. Let's go to Instagram. The number one liked post on Instagram of all time. Do you know what it is? Oh, I actually do. Um, it's, is it, is it? Oh, okay. It's either, is it the egg? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> the photo of an egg. Um, I remember this, yeah. January uh, the 4th, 2019. And I, I believe it was around... Um, bringing awareness to mental health is that right i can't remember that's really bad <laughs> i remember the egg remember the egg it literally was just a, a picture of, of um of an egg the most liked instagram post um and it's from the account uh, world underscore record underscore egg how many <laughs> likes in millions did it achieve oh no uh eight Eight million. Yeah. Um, I can see why you would 
think what is now a relatively conservative figure. <laughs> um, bearing in mind that as of today, uh, which is the, the middle of April 2021, uh, the account World Record Egg has 5.3 million followers. Um, in fact, it achieved 55 million likes. <laughs> okay, let's let's pretend I said those numbers the other way around, okay? <laughs> um, all right, so our last one, our third stat, and this one, well, I, I, I'm going to say you, you, you absolutely probably should know. Um, oh, no. That's going to put you under pressure straight away, isn't it? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and that's YouTube. That's YouTube views. So the most viewed YouTube video... Now you probably remember one of them. Um, is that is that as much clue as I get? Yeah, I'll give you okay. out of top ten. Um, you probably remember remember one of them, and when I say that, probably within the top three actually. Okay, is one of them the uh, is it Charlie bit my finger one? No. I can't even no. see that on the list of the top ten. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um. Gangnam Style? So Gangnam Style is number eight. Gangnam Style number eight with 3.97 billion views uh, globally. Yeah, I I remember that. I think at the time it was was definitely the number one. Uh, It's had the number one spot. Um, Despacito? Okay. Where's that on the list? Second. Okay. 7.2 billion. Um, number one, the baby shark dance. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> really? Do you want to have a guess? Do you want to have a guess at its total global views? This is as of February twenty twenty one, by the way. Uh, I can't remember what you said now. For the other twenty billion. Not quite. It's just a shy above Despacito. Seven point nine one billion views. Global views. As of February 2021 for Baby Shark Dance. There you have it. Three fun stats uh, across Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. Becca. Each episode, we like to give a shout out to one of our sharing social community. And today we are focusing on Social Days Social Media Marketing Awards, as these are coming up very soon. So the Social Media Marketing Awards are an annual celebration of the very best brands, agencies, creators, campaigns, and tools in the industry, recognizing the incredible work of social media marketers, as well as their hardworking teams across the UK and Europe. So you can connect with Social Day on Twitter at social underscore day and Instagram at social day underscore S. Brilliant. Thank you very much for that, Becca, um, and for our news and for all the information on social media uh, earlier on. Quick recap on what we've been speaking about. We've talked about what social media engagement is, how it differs each uh, for each of the channels, and how to measure those results. If you want to get involved or be on the show, go to sharingsocial.co.uk. We've had a brilliant interview with Lucy McVeigh on increasing engagement on social. And next month, we'll have William Bonadio on high-performing ads on social. You can also tweet us at sharesocialldn or on Instagram, sharingsociallondon. We'll see you then.